2: decoder ring theater presents the continuing adventures of canada's greatest superhero that scourge of the underworld hunter of those who prey upon the innocent that marvelous masked mystery man known only as the red panda the red panda mysterious masked marvel hunts the most dangerous game of all traitors saboteurs and criminals that would destroy our way of life Aided by that fearless, fighting female known only as the Flying Squirrel, he fights for freedom and justice, that all who would oppose him may feel the wrath of... The Red Panda! This episode, The Case of the Missing Muse!
3: All right, Constable. Yes, I know that's the Red Panda. Why don't you go and get some coffee? I'll deal with this. I don't particularly want to argue about it, young man. Go. Go. Good men still hard to find, O'Malley. And it's getting worse. When did you start pulling this masked man routine? 31? 32? Something like that. I know we've never posed for a photograph shaking hands, but you would think I could find junior officers with enough imagination to see that it wouldn't have taken me this many years to catch you if I were still trying. Do you think so? Should I call the constable back in to slap the cuffs on you? Do you think he could? I'm prepared to concede that point, but only because no one else is around.
0: (laughs) That's what he thinks.
3: Uh, Hush. What's that? I sneezed. If you say so. Crime scene is down the hall. Haven't seen much of the flying squirrel lately. How is she? She's around. Not exactly what I asked. I noticed that. I don't mean to sound like a sentimental fool, but when the number of hardened criminals who show up downtown with a broken nose pleading to confess to something starts to drop, I get a little concerned is all.
0: Mm, That's sweet. He noticed.
3: I'll tell her you were asking after her chief. She'll think it's very sweet. Better not. Mutual antagonism has served us pretty well over the years. No sense messing with it now.
0: I'm getting a little teary here. Stupid hormones.
3: Here we are.
4: This is impressive. What happened to the alarms? Disabled, all of them, and the backups and failsafes? How is that possible?
3: My men are still putting the exact sequence together, but it was quite a piece of work. What about the security detail? Gassed, non-toxic but heavy. They're starting to come around now, but they're pretty groggy and don't seem to know anything. So someone penetrated the
4: innermost security of the Empire Bank and flawlessly, I might add. Yes, they did finest one of the most secure vaults in the country in a matter of minutes. Yes, they did. And walked away from a hall worth tens of millions of dollars without touching a dime or taking a single thing. Yes, they did. Why in blazes would anyone do that?
0: Any prints?
3: I don't suppose there were any fingerprints. Yes, Red Panda, that's why I called in the local superhero. All right, all right. I had to ask. There were hundreds of prints. We'll be days sorting them out. But we don't have time to wait. If someone could do this... They're capable of almost anything. Maybe demonstrating that was the very point. Show us that we can't beat them, so we won't try when they pull their big job?
0: One problem, boys. Where do you find a bigger job than this?
3: Hmm. One problem, Chief O'Malley. What job could possibly be bigger than this one?
0: At least we're all on the same page.
3: Could their real goal have something to do with the war effort? They would
4: have to know that we would still resist such an attack. Perhaps this entire business was just a distraction.
0: Well, it's working. I'm plenty distracted.
4: Chief, what's this? A piece of paper. A single sheet of paper on the floor, slightly crumpled. In the middle of what is a fairly
3: large office building. This is remarkable. How?
4: The paper itself. It appears to be cotton paper, also known as rag fiber paper. Far too high grade for business use. How could you tell that from across the room? More importantly, how did it get here? A
0: cotton paper is also known as currency paper. Currency
4: paper? Currency paper? You think there's a counterfeiting angle here? I couldn't say, O'Malley. It would have to be quite the counterfeiting operation to be worth more than they
3: walked away from here. And it doesn't explain the break-in. Unless the Mint was storing supplies of currency paper in the Empire Bank's vault. And maybe other things. Maybe even plates. It's a place to start at any
4: rate. You contact
3: the Bank President and speak
4: with people at the Mint. I'd like to subject this paper to some tests to see what else it can tell us.
3: You know I can't just let you walk out of here with the only piece of physical evidence we... Where did you go? Red Panda! Well, at least make sure I get a report. I hate it when he does that. Kit, are you down here?
0: In the lab, Red Panda.
4: There you are. This is quite an operation. What are you doing?
0: Running some tests on this paper sample.
4: How many tests, exactly? One. One?
0: You shut up now.
4: You've used half of the original sheet of paper and decimated the crime lab for one test.
0: What part of you shut up now was unclear, exactly? I'm working from Gus's notes, and some of them are a little sketchy. He tended to leave things out if he was sure he'd remember them, so some of this is guesswork. Plus, I ruined one batch when I knocked a beaker over. I keep misjudging the size of my belly.
4: Yes, it is a little, uh... I mean, do you have a belly? I hadn't noticed. Smooth.
0: Oh, boy, what I wouldn't give to do a few backflips over the rooftops right now, or kick somebody's teeth in. I don't even care who.
4: Well, it won't be long now. I guess. What is it?
0: Do you want to know about the paper or not?
4: If you like.
0: It's high quality, all right. Cotton purity is close enough to standards for currency paper. But? But it's sure not from the mint. Gus had some notes on standard variants that could help us ID where a phony bill came from by the paper source. This doesn't match any of them.
4: So it's a new player?
0: Maybe. But the whole counterfeit angle only played if whoever broke into the Empire Bank was after this paper. And maybe other goodies that the Mint was storing there on the hush-hush. Otherwise, if a counterfeiter had pulled that job, he'd just have stolen ten times his body weight in real thousand dollar bills and retired from the business. And he wouldn't have brought a piece of paper stock in with him.
4: It's an interesting point.
0: The paper's not a useful size, either. All four edges were perfect. It wasn't torn. But you wouldn't use paper this size in a press. There's too much waste. And you wouldn't get many bills to a sheet, however you arrange them.
4: Astounding, Holmes. You've done it again.
0: Done what? Shot holes in the only theory we've got?
4: I'd rather have no theory than the wrong theory, if it's all the same to you.
0: Any new news from the new court?
4: Quoting Shakespeare now.
0: I can't get used to going to bed before three or four in the morning. I've been getting a lot of reading done. Make with a skinny.
4: I have two pieces of information. Chief O'Malley is beginning to sour on the current theory himself, as representatives from the Mint swear that there was no such supply in storage there. The Empire Bank is adamant that nothing was taken at all.
0: Which leaves us at step one. Why?
4: As you say, someone did all the work of pulling off one of the most impressive crimes on record, and then reaped none of the rewards... And for some reason, they left behind a single piece of currency-quality paper.
0: I don't know, Sparky. I think we might be chasing our tails with this paper. It smells like a red herring to me.
4: I disagree. But that is because I know something that you do not.
0: Are robots really allowed to look that pleased with themselves?
4: Yes, but only when we destroy all humans.
0: Tell me or get flattened.
4: There was a break-in tonight at the museum.
0: A break-in as opposed to a robbery?
4: Just so. Someone eluded security, disabled the alarms, and was all set to make off with relics worth untold millions. And then they didn't.
0: When was this?
4: Relax, Editor Baxter. I saw two Chronicle men there before I left, and I saw young Harry Kelly sneak his way in with his camera. He'll either have the scoop of the morning edition or spend the night in the pokey. Either way, he looked pleased with himself, too.
0: Like I don't have enough troubles. Can I ask something?
4: I haven't been able to stop you yet.
0: I get that we've got a pattern on our hands here, if a bizarre one. But what does it have to do with a paper? You said you knew that it wasn't a wild goose chase.
4: I said it wasn't a red herring. But either zoological analogy is equally apt in that it is neither.
0: John? Yes? Spit it out.
4: Ah, yes. You see, the only clue on the scene at the museum...
0: Was another identical sheet of rag fiber paper?
4: In a nutshell...
0: Good times. <laughs>
3: Oh, why do I even bother? These dusty tomes are of no aid to me. If I can find no inspiration in magnificent malfeasance, how could I hope the works of these wretched rhymers would ignite the spark of lost glory within my soul? Alas! Sh- Oh, shh yourself, Philistine! You have no notion of the fire that has gone out of this world. It might have streaked in glory, briefly illuminating a midnight of mediocrity created by little men such as yourself. Shh. If you shush me one more time, Sir Oaf, anatomists from round the globe shall travel to wonder at the physical impossibility I shall leave your twitching corpse performing. Well, I shall fetch the manager. Yes, fetch him then, rover. And when you have done so, fetch yourself a backbone to chew upon. I do suspect it is the only use a supine serpent such as yourself would have for such a thing. Ah, even my metaphors are mixed beyond all hope, beyond all reason. How could such a fate have befallen me? Even here, surrounded by the works of the great rhapsodists of history, I can find no succor. But still... My mother-wit was stimulated some by that bespeckled buffoon, was it not? Perhaps violence is the answer. If crime will not provide my pen with power as it once did, mayhap I may yet draw delight from the suffering of lesser creatures such as that. Within their howls I shall hear a symphony. Their splattered blood shall be the paint upon my canvas. Oh, who am I kidding? I just isn't me. Excuse me, sir? And what now, my dear one? Have you two come to scold a poor old man for speaking aloud his grief to a cold, indifferent god?
5: What? Uh, No, I didn't... I'm sorry. Is there anything I can do?
3: I do greatly fear me, my young angel of the poetry and short fiction section, that there is nothing anyone can do. I have lost that which is most precious to me.
5: Oh, dear! Oh, dear! Well, there is a lost and found down at the main desk.
3: If only it were that simple, my dear girl. If only a cardboard box could contain a force as mighty as a muse. A muse? I'm sorry, sir. What was it that amused you? Alas, you do much mistake my meaning.
5: I'm sorry, sir. You look very familiar.
3: It is possible. I I can't quite recall... It seems like a long time ago. It does indeed. I have been away for some time. Even now, the best of me seems to be quite gone.
5: You're a writer, aren't you?
3: Once I was. I was indeed. Forgive me, child. I I must remain for a time incognito.
5: I understand. I'm sorry, sir. I'll have to ask you to leave.
3: Oh, come now, dear girl. Because of the shushings of that insect, you would throw a drowning man from an oasis?
5: What's that? Um, no, sir. It isn't like that. I'm afraid the library is closing early today.
3: Closing early?
5: Whatever for? We're preparing for a special event. It's all very exciting. Do tell. The library is going to host a special display of a very rare book. An original copy of Shakespeare's first folio edition.
3: The first
5: folio? Yes, yes. There can't be more than a few hundred left in the world, and most of them are held by museums. But apparently there is a private collector who has a copy and has agreed for it to be displayed for the very first time right here. Well, downstairs, anyway.
3: The first folio. Such a treasure to be dangled before our very eyes at such a time?
5: Yes, sir. I told you it was exciting. But there's so much to prepare, and there's going to be so much security. We we just have to close a little early. I'm sorry.
3: Oh, not at all, dear girl, not at all. You have brought some comfort in a most pernicious hour, and perhaps the solution to my problem as well. I shall see myself out. Thank
5: you, sir. Good night.
3: To possess such a treasure, to free it from the clutches of its wealthy master, to protect it from the slack jawed gaping of the throng, this shall be my master work. Already I feel my power returning, and this city shall again tremble before the mighty meter of the poet.
4: <laughs> you are listening to the Red Panda Adventures from Decodering dot com. David Rattle. What? Who's there? Do not be afraid, David Rattle. Only the guilty need fear the red panda. No.
6: It can't be. I've done nothing wrong. We
4: shall see. Please! Tell me about this, David Rattle. The the paper? You made this paper, did you not, Rattle? That's what
6: I do. I'm a craftsman.
4: A craftsman producing currency-quality paper...
6: Currency quality? (laughs) Is that what you think? I've never been mixed up with anything like that. Believe me, I've been approached and always stayed out of it. I helped the police nab a counterfeit gang that wouldn't take no for an answer.
4: I know all of that. Then
6: you know I make cotton paper for special clients. Rag fiber paper lasts longer, used for archive editions, special publications.
4: And mentally unbalanced supervillains who write epic tributes to their own crimes. Oh. Him. Yes, Him. How did you come to work for the poet?
6: It isn't like that. I don't... He just bought a few dozen pages from me. To try it out. Try it out? He used to work on parchment. I knew the fellow he got his supply from. He never got in any trouble.
4: Well, you don't have his kind of luck. Compulsives like the poet don't change their habits for no reason.
6: Yeah, well, I don't think the parchment was working for him anymore. Explain. He didn't come right out and say so, you understand? But I got the feeling he'd been away for a long time, right? In jail? Yes. And when he got out, he was blocked. Blocked? Writers block. Can't pull crimes if you can't write poems to tease the cops with, can you? <laughs> so he wanted to try something different.
4: And you didn't think to notify the police? I've
6: dealt with some scary customers. But this guy? <laughs> he was just weird. I didn't want to get involved.
4: And was the paper to his liking?
6: He seemed to like writing on it. He wrote like crazy on a sample page. <laughs> Giggled like a schoolgirl. I thought he might have fixed his little problem, but I looked at it after he was gone. It was the first 16 couplets from Alexander Pope's essay on criticism. Odd. Yeah, I thought so. I sold him his pages and off he went. It was the last I saw of him until...
4: Until? When did he return rattle? This
6: morning. This morning. He bought a thousand sheets. I think it took every dime he had. Whatever he's up to, Red Panda, I think he's found his muse. And it's going to be something big. Squirrel, are you down here?
0: You know, Sparky, you could come looking for me before you start bellowing. I'm just saying.
4: Your hunch was right. It is the poet. Oh, hello, Doctor.
1: Red Panda.
4: I apologize for seeming... uh... We don't do a lot of entertaining in our underground lair.
1: I was as surprised as you to get the invitation. A girl doesn't get to wear her best frock down a pneumatic tube every day.
4: Her best... Uh, Yes, (laughs) you look very nice. In fact, you both seem a little overdressed for the occasion.
0: Uh, That's because you don't know what the occasion is just yet.
4: Whatever it might be, I'm not certain that we have time for it. The poet is back and he's poised to strike.
0: Of course he is. A single sheet of fancy paper, carried to the site of two impossible robberies and then left crumpled on the floor. Who else could it be? He has writer's block. Yes, he does. He used to get his inspiration just planning his jobs. Then he offered up his masterpieces as rhyme crimes. Clues on the caper before it happened. It got his work the widest possible audience. He only pulled the actual crimes to keep the headlines coming.
1: Didn't he steal millions while he was at it?
0: He never had long to enjoy it. The coppers might have never cottoned on to his clues, but the red panda made short work of him every time. And somewhere along the way, he lost his muse. The incredible plans didn't do it for him anymore. But he pulled the Empire Bank job in the hopes that it would get his juices going.
4: And when it didn't, he crumpled up the paper in frustration and walked away from a caper worth millions.
0: It was never about the money. The planning got his creative juices flowing, and he needed it like a drug. It seems like you
4: knew all of this.
0: It does, doesn't it?
4: None of this explains why the two of you are dressed for a night on the town.
0: It will when you get dressed, too. Here. It's an old tuxedo of Gus's, but it ought to fit you right enough.
4: You don't think it'll look a little odd? Remember, this mask is actually part of my face.
1: Yeah. Time we did something about that. Doc? I've been working on this for some time, John. I use the same molds the home team used when they crafted your disguises as John Doe.
4: What is this?
0: It's for the case, bright boy. You need a secret identity for tonight. And some arm candy so's you don't stand out too much. The doc here provides both in one package.
1: As you can see... The face looks enough like the Red Panda that you can still play the part with the addition of a mask, without being mistaken for August Fenwick. Obviously, with the security breach, I couldn't use your old John Archer face. John
4: Archer is dead.
1: Yes, I just...
4: What is this about?
1: It's about catching the poet before he goes too far.
4: Too far for what?
0: You've been the Red Panda for more than half a year, Sparky. You'll know it when it happens.
4: You know where he's going to strike, don't you?
0: I have a guess. There's a mask in the breast pocket of the tux. Here's a briefcase. Don't open it in mixed company. It has a lightweight topcoat, folding hat, and gauntlets in it. If you can't manage subtlety, you can always drop a smoke capsule and change under cover, but you'll have to be quick.
4: You talk like you're not going to be calling the plays tonight.
0: No, sir. Kit Baxter, girl reporter, gets one more good scoop before this baby comes to play. Here are your invitations. Doctor, you have an hour to get his face on. Then take the downtown tube to the Carter building. There'll be a car out front. Take it. I'll see you there. Thank you all for joining us for this special night. A moment like this reminds us that there are things that endure even in the face of adversity. There are things that war cannot take from us, and we celebrate that tonight. And I am also pleased to announce that this gala has raised more than $50,000 for the Chronicles Victory Bonds Drive. So, enjoy yourselves and appreciate this rare direct contact with the greatest poet who ever lived. Thank you.
4: She's baiting him. I'm amazed he didn't strike right then.
1: You could at least pretend to be enjoying yourself.
4: see no need for this charade.
1: You're a superhero. The charade comes with the job, doesn't it?
4: Thus far it has not. You will forgive me, Doctor... If the flying squirrel is correct, we can expect the poet to crash this party any moment and to make off with this rare volume of Shakespeare.
1: Unless he gets scared away by a mystery man who didn't know when to be less mystery and more man.
4: What is that supposed to mean?
1: John, I don't know why she's playing this the way she is. But has it occurred to you that in order to pull this off, the squirrel revealed her own secret identity to me? That's quite a risk, isn't it? It
4: is. It its
1: And she's using that book that belonged to her husband's family as bait. That's got to be worth millions. Yes. You've been working together all these months. Can't you trust her?
4: I trust her. But I know her better than she thinks I do.
1: What does that mean?
4: When we started this partnership, she wasn't used to being the boss. But she got used to it right enough. And she's starting to think that there's nothing she can't control. Like keeping Harry Kelly from marching off to war. John, I... She's trying to save me, too.
1: John, for heaven's sakes, listen to me.
4: There is an unfamiliar compound in the air.
1: I don't know what you are. Uh, John, getting dizzy.
4: Gas. Hold on, Anna. Sit here. I only have moments to... (gasps) (laughs)
3: At last, the hoy poloi of Toronto lie at my feet, and the true Regent of Rhyme shall ascend his throne. Please, do not be alarmed, ladies and gentlemen. Those few of you who have not yet succumbed to unconsciousness need only breathe deeply once more to feel the sweet embrace of slumber. You will come to no harm, but when you awake, this treasure shall be mine. An eternity of inspiration, all for me! Not so fast, Poet. The Red Panda! Curse you, you meddlesome masked musketeer! You dare to interfere? You had to know you could never get away with this. It was a calculated risk. We do speak of your methods in prison, you know. How many of my brother villains of the earth have you captured with bait upon an eponymous theme? It seemed like too much of a coincidence, the sudden appearance of this treasured tome. But I did hope my concoction in the ventilation system would have given you the sleep that knits up the raveled sleeve of care. I suppose it must be too close in composition to your own knockout gas. And now it is over. No, you meddling fool. Now it has just begun. Every exit has been sealed. There is no escape. The room is wired with explosives. You have sealed your fate, Red Panda. Yours and mine and these good citizens here. We shall all be consumed in an immense conflagration, and the ashes of the bard's immortal words shall commingle with our own. It is my masterpiece. And yet no one will ever write of it. Oh, no, masked man. I wrote an epic tome upon our mutual destruction earlier today. And if you had, you would have taunted the authorities with it, as you always did. Your
4: blocked poet. No! How many of those thousand sheets of paper you bought are still blank? All of them? How many did you tear in frustration? No! No, it isn't true! Your muse has deserted you, Poet. Then why should we not die now, together? Because perhaps there is another way. Perhaps you can find inspiration again. No tricks. No tricks. No hypnosis. No hypnosis. You have one of the most brilliant tactical minds I have ever encountered, Poet. Your genius for impossible crimes perhaps even exceeds your literary talents. Certainly the one always stoked the flames of the other. Yes. Until now. I wonder if there isn't another reason for that. It's possible that prison broke you, but it hasn't blunted your tactical ability, so I doubt it. But why do you find no new inspiration in crime? Can it be it all seems a little petty now? Petty? Bank jobs, museum heists, impossibly rare books. It was all quite heady stuff a few years ago, but now, as mankind struggles for its life against the very powers of darkness,
3: seems a bit childish, doesn't it? The thought had occurred to me. I'm sure. But what am I to do about it? I'm no soldier. There are
4: many kinds of soldier poet, and each must do their part. I have some... Contacts in military intelligence that might be very interested in seeing what a tactical genius could bring to the party. But my writing... What? Saving the world isn't heady enough stuff for you? You think that isn't fodder for the greatest epic poem of all time? A dozen volumes of intricate thriller all in beautiful rhyming couplets. Oh, it might be classified for 80 years, but could history really suppress such a masterwork forever?
3: The idea has its appeal, yes... Yes, I can almost hear it now. Can almost feel the rhythm of the meter. But would they really want the help of a felonious old bird like myself?
4: I think they might just. Truth be told, you wouldn't be the first.
3: All right. All right, Red Panda. We'll try it your way. But what do we do about this?
4: We disarm your bombs and let in some fresh air. The citizens awake, none the worse for wear, and discover that the folio is untouched. Another perfect crime left uncommitted. And at the base of the pedestal we leave this. Is that a single sheet of cotton paper, crumpled and blank. A mystery that will never be
3: solved. Oh now, that really is quite lovely. It is, isn't it? It is pure poetry, my dearest foe. Take it from one that knows. Absolutely pure poetry. <laughs>
2: And so concludes another adventure of the Red Panda! This recording and the story, characters, and situations contained therein are the exclusive property of their creator and copyright holder, Greg Taylor, and are produced and distributed by Decoder Ring Theatre through arrangement with him. These recordings may not be rebroadcast or redistributed by any means for any reason without express permission. Until next time, when Decoder Ring Theatre brings you the further thrilling adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, this is Stephen Burley reminding you DecoderRingTheatre.com is your address to adventure!
4: The Red Panda Adventures, episode 77, The Case of the Missing Muse, was written and directed by Greg Taylor with original music by Andrea Lyons and featured the vocal talents of Michael Booth, Peter Nichol, Hero Van Harten, Julie Tripp, Scott Moyle, Christopher Mott, and Clarissa Doneterlanton. Until next time, from all of us here, good night.